Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Well, and what was a strange and just weird and ugly uh, day in uh, in San Marcos, Texas, um, Georgia Southern pulled out the win. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't pretty by any means, um, but gets that third win of the season um, to improve to to three and seven with a thirty eight to thirty win over the Texas State Bobcats. Um, and yeah, Cody, I mean, this had a little bit of everything, right? Just wacky, wacky game uh, penalties galore. Um, uh, injuries galore and, you know, special teams blunders, um, you know, some good quarterback play, some not so good quarterback play, just, but, you know, again, I guess beggars can't be choosers, right? With, with the season we've had, um, lucky to get out of there, uh, with a win. No, no, beggars certainly can't be choosers. Not with this game. Um, yeah, really weird. Not clean at all. Um, to, I mean, to meet Jalen White, probably the best of anybody out there as well as uh, Burgess, the wide receiver. Yeah. But, I mean, goodness gracious, you saw block kicks, miss kicks, block punts. Uh, uh, just, jeez. I mean, just targeting penalties. Uh, announcers that were terrible. That were no, <laughs> that, so bad. <laughs> I mean, all right, for for those of you who may not be able to, to or don't know about ESPN Plus announcers, they are, are produced in, in – brought in from the home site but regardless that, that they were still pretty terrible yeah and they can be so so like people question that right like we've had matt stewart right which is he's a long time atlanta well, area broad, kind of a georgia broadcaster legend. yeah he's georgia right he's guy. done braves he's done everything right so um and i mean he used to call our fcs uh days you know back in yeah. the day and, um but yeah he, he does a little notch. bit of everything and not just georgia like he's he's done other stuff um, but you know, he gets brought down of course from that. And yeah, I would say certainly compared to some of the other ESPN plus local crews that we've seen, um, he's, he's great. Right. But I mean, obviously we've had our fair share of, of, you know, not so good announcing, um, in the past. Uh, and you know, some of, some of which are, are students trying to, you know, um, cut their teeth right with, with, uh, with announcing yeah. game. And, um, obviously the, the crew too is, uh, is, are mostly students so you know we've we've seen our our own fair share at paulson of like bad camera angles and like missing you know not following the ball and like <laughs> blurriness and all of that but it was on full display there in san marcos texas <laughs> it was the whole package of just a really bad viewer experience i will say that um and you know which that combined with the product we saw on the field which again was just wackiness i mean it was just a weird weird game um like it, 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 just, it just made other. yeah it just it was just a match made in heaven of just awkwardness <laughs> just an awkward football game um <laughs> but you know again come out with a win uh you know that's really all you can ask for i guess at this yeah. point um you know go go into what will be um you know one of the biggest games of the season certainly biggest home game of the season um you know uh probably biggest you know, game that we've had in Paulson Stadium as FBS member, maybe ever, um, right? Certainly highest ranked opponent in BYU coming to town um, for senior night, uh, you know, last last run in Paulson, uh, you know, for the seniors. And then, um, you know, in the season up in Boone at, at App State, um, just, you know, pride to pl- uh, play for at this point, Cody. So we'll, we'll get into that uh, in this podcast a little bit later too. Yeah, yeah, definitely pride to play for and just – I mean, this is going to be the biggest crowd that we've had since the, that ULM game in 2016. Um, but I do want to make a couple of notes real quick about this game. I think there's a few things we can tell from it. Um, first, Cam Ransom, I think, is the quarterback yes. of the future, unless proven otherwise. But he's the guy. Um, Jalen White is the guy that we had talked about from the preseason episodes throughout this year. He played a phenomenal game as well. Um, Burgess is the wide receiver of the future. Yes. If we can just get two or three guys to go with him, watch out. It's, we'll have weapons galore. And then on defense, Robinson the second, some player of the week. Yeah, Eldrick Robinson, uh, freshman, freshman. Yep, twelve, twelve total tackles, three solo, yep. one point five tackles for loss. Yeah, interception. Yep, interception. Um, He's he's a he's gonna be a cornerstone for the future going forward on this defense. So 
I mean, bright spots looking at some big-time positions going into the next two or three seasons for Coach Helton. And I think you could really see, okay, we may not have had that great of a year, but now as the year is winding down and we're getting into the last two games, you can start to see the pieces that we can build around going into the future. Yeah, and that's all you can really ask for at this point, right? And, and, and you know, this, this game going back to, you know, starting with quarterback play, perfect example that – Stats could be misleading. <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah. that they're for losers, but 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 they can be <laughs> misleading. You know, if you were just to look at this game on paper, you look at the two quarterbacks. Obviously, Cam Ransom going out there early in the second half. Um, he was uh, finished seven for twelve, hundred twenty-five yards and a touchdown. Justin Tomlin seven for thirteen, hundred eight yards, touchdown. Did throw an interception. Um, you look at that, you're like, okay, well they were pretty even. I test tells you something very different, right? I mean, I, I think I think it was clear that, you know, Cam Ransom is the QB1. He probably should have been QB1 here for, uh, you know, most a of the while. season, if not right. Um, and, yes, he's a true freshman. You know, he's he's going to um, have his fair share of, of freshman mistakes, right? But, I mean, he looks poised. He looks controlled in the pocket. He's got probably – he looks better apart. arm strength, but yeah, he look he definitely looks apart, um, even more so than what we're used to for Georgia Southern quarterbacks. Let's be honest, he looks a part of a Clay Helton style quarterback, right? Of a pro style, be able to sling the ball down the field, has the arm strength that we haven't seen here, can do the RPO or in a very long time, possibly ever. Um, yes, can do, I mean the option pitches that that he pulled off on the great. first touchdown yeah. run was fantastic. Looked, looked fantastic. I mean, one of the best pitches that we've certainly seen all season, but but in, in a long time here, maybe even under uh, you know the Lunsford era. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it uh, a lot of things to be excited about with Cam, um, you know, and, and certainly going on under the tutelage of of Helton and, and what he um, will be able to, you know, groom in him and, 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 yeah. and grow and evolve. Um, and then, and then, yeah, you're right. The, the outside of that, um, which is, you know, arguably the most important position on the team, certainly on offense, moved to running back, got, you know, uh, Gerald green. Obviously we, we saw him um, get, you know, knocked out of the game, carried off on a stretcher. Glad to see him, you know, back joining the team, uh, you know, uh, before the plane trip home. Um, he, we did learn that he has a concussion. He'll uh, sit out for that BYU game. Um, but thank goodness that it wasn't any more serious than that. Yeah. Um, he'll be back next year, right? Um, mm-hmm. Build around him, build around Jalen White, build around, <clears throat> around Burgess. Like you said, Caleb Hood will be back. Um, that gives you two really solid, you know, wide receivers. Um, you know, maybe move like Hood more to like the slot type, uh, you know, receiver. Burgess out there wide, bring in, like you said, one or two more guys, whether it be a freshman, maybe a freshman and a, and a transfer, right? Solid core there. Bo Johnson, um, Pelkinson, right, at, at, at yeah. uh, tight end, foundation there. Um, offensive line, I think, is going to need an overhaul, right? We, we lose four, we, yeah, I believe, we, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's going to be a complete overhaul, but probably would have been an overhaul anyway. So, it's, it's probably, you know – uh, the timing is, is probably uh, pretty good there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we have really good foundational building blocks um, for the future under Helton. No, yeah, I completely agree with that. And Saturday's game, despite the craziness of what it was, um, I think showed that pretty, pretty evidently, pretty clearly. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess getting into the game just a little bit more, I mean, you know, back-to-back weeks now, we ended this uh, first half, right, with a blocked punt, going for a touchdown. Um, special teams just wasn't good all around, right, and, uh, no, and this one um, for either team, but 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 not for us. Um, you know, I had to kick out of bounds, had to block punt. Um, I think you we know, one just, for four on field goals. Yeah, one for – I believe so, yep. And, um, yeah, so it just – yeah, one for four um, with a long of 24 um, for, for Alex Rayner. So, yeah, just, you know, got to clean that up because um, we're going to have to play perfect football to, to be BYU. Perfect football plus yeah. luck. Plus luck, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that got to clean it up. Um, you know, as interim coach Kevin Whitley had said, right, is, uh, you know, we just got to put the four quarters together. Still haven't really done that, but, but certainly good to at least get – back on the winning track 
um, build some confidence right going into this final home game. Um, and and yeah, I mean injuries were just <laughs> abundant, right? Ooh. I mean, there yeah, just it seemed like we were dropping like flies. Like every every other play, there was a guy down. Um, penalties, you know, glor. Um, you know, it seemed like the refs on on both sides, you know, were throwing. Uh, you know enough flags to to fill up an industrial washing machine, right? I mean, it was yeah. it was just it was it was so many penalties, but um, you know it just yeah. So uh, nine for eighty five yards for us, eight for seventy seven for them. Um, ugly game, ugly game all around. Um, but again, I guess it's the the positive is not just the win, but in in a game like that to be able to pull it out because, you know, that just hasn't really been the makeup of the team so far to this season. So especially in doing it on the road was, was, was big. Yeah, doing it on the road is big because usually on the road we play worse than we do at home. So to kind of do that there um, was great. I mean, again, we can pick apart how ugly this game was. You can choose whatever, special teams, offense, defense. There's, there's ample areas to go look and say, man, that was terrible. But – um, we pulled out the W. We somehow found a way. Didn't let um, a play or two uh, take us out of the game and, and get down on ourselves. And they hung in there with it and and kind of and, and pulled it out. I think the turning point to me, I think that kind of brought life back into it was the block punt that got us back up twenty four seventeen. Yeah, in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, because I think after you had this block punt that tied the game to end the first half, I think. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I sat there and was like, really? Again? Like, we just went through this with Coastal. Um, yeah, it easily just, could have been I over just, at that point, right? I, I mean, even just myself, with a tied game. Goodness, yeah. yeah, like, goodness yeah. gracious. Like, I was just like, man, here we go again. We're going to come out flat in the second half. And we're you're up 17-3. to three, You finally yep. get some positives going, and then you just let them claw back, and you're like, yep. all right, here we here we go. But, yeah, so that, that you know, facing that adversity and – overcoming it, making some adjustments, right, and, and still performing well and, and closing it out, closing it out. You know, that's a big thing with uh, Jalen White, obviously a big part of that. Um, but, you know, and, uh, you know, ransom go down, say what you will about uh, about Tomlin. I mean, yes, it was, uh, you know, a, a lot of fans were nervous, uh, rightly so, with, with, with the kind of what we saw, um, you know, a good pass, two bad passes, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. passes that should have been picked off, right? But, you know, he, he made the plays when he had to, um, and we were able to, to pull it out. I feel like with Tomlin, it's like he doesn't see the coverage. I think that's mm-hmm. what I've concluded. Like, he understands the route concepts, but it's like he doesn't pick up the coverage of where the defense is because there's just too many balls, like you said. Which is a dangerous equation when yeah. you're not – the best passer when you're not the most accurate passer where cam cam on that long touchdown to burgess was in three threw into triple coverage yeah but but he 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 dropped it right over his shoulder about as big as a basketball realm if you can make that throw you can throw in triple coverage but you know tomlin isn't you know a good enough passer to to make that throw consistently um and and yeah so that combined with you know not reading the coverages as well it's it's not gonna you're not gonna put up i feel like all of us on twitter were like just run the ball (laughs) it was like that it was like that seattle super bowl moment right it was like don't throw the ball (laughs) yeah the blind side run the day ball yeah Um, yeah yeah so um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more we should spend. I mean, so so Cam Ransom obviously kind of transitioned to, to BYU. Um, th- you know, he obviously hurt his shoulder, like I said, and went out of the game um, in, in the second half and third quarter. He It was his non-throwing shoulder, right? So, um, and it, it, I believe it was, a, what, AC... AC joint joint um, sprain. So um, it, it, they're hopeful that he'll be back for BYU um, and, and, and possibly be able to start. So that's good news. Um, I know, you know, I heard uh, what Randy Wade uh, Jr. Um, and some other guys that got banged up against Texas State are expected back as well. Um, so that's good. I think really the only like holdover like injury wise is going to be green, right? With a concussion. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, hopefully we can be, you know, fairly healthy um, and, and we're going to need it and we're just going to need that that emotion and the power of Paulson, which looks to be, you know, a, a sellout, possibly biggest crowd ever, um, yeah. right, if weather holds up. 
Um, if students show out, biggest crowd ever in Paulson Stadium, um, certainly in the FBS era. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it should be a, a you know, energetic uh, atmosphere, right? Uh, so hopefully team f- uh, feeds off of that and we can uh, make something happen, do something special. Yeah, I mean, look, they've had two losses this year to Boise State and to Baylor, right? Back to back. Back to back. Um, They've had some pretty impressive wins. Um, They went, I think, 3-0 against the – no, 3-0 – oh, 4-0 against the Pac-12, right? They beat Arizona, Mm -hmm. Utah, Arizona State, and Washington State. Uh, And they had a doozy of a game against Virginia a few weeks back. So this is – Look, if you know anything about BYU, they're going to be very physical on both sides of the ball. Um, they're going to try to just run it down our throat as well as throw it over our heads. And they're going to try to out-physical us. Um, and they've been able to do that quite often this year as well as last. And they are a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming just, off of we, a bye week. Yep, coming off of a bye week. Two weeks to prepare. Yep. And so um, it, the thing is, is can you take the punch in the face? Because it's going to come. Can you take the punch in the face and then throw a punch back? And if you can kind of, if you can do that, then you can hang with it. But if not, it's going to be an ugly game fast. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, I, the I best mean, way I can put it. No, I, I agree. I mean, if you think that this is going to be like a slugfest and, and low scoring, no. I mean, they're, they're going to put up points. We're just going to have to match them. And if we can outlast them – you know, power get behind power Paulson, just feed off the energy of the seniors, right, playing for the last time, um, get some turnovers, you know, we might be able to to pull it out. But I mean that's yeah. what it's gonna take. I mean it's it's gonna be might not be like uh like the Virginia game you referred to, sixty six to forty nine. They won that one. Um, you know, uh but you know, probably also not like a low scoring like the week before that when they play Washington State, beat them twenty one to nineteen. Right? It's it's probably gonna be somewhere in between. Um, we're probably gonna need to score thirty plus points um, to even have a shot in this one. Yep, you're absolutely right, and uh, you're gonna have to get some turnovers. I think the way that's how BYU beat them. I mean, not BYU, but how Boise State beat them. Uh, let me go back and check the stats, but I believe. Yeah, so that was twenty six to seventeen. Forced four turnovers, or was it five? I think it was. It's either four or five turnovers that they forced. Four, uh, three fumbles and one interception that they were able to to cause in that game, and that's that was the key to it. So, again, I think it's gonna like I said earlier, it's a perfect game plus luck, and that luck is turnovers. We're gonna have to be. No less than plus two if we want Baylor, to Baylor, game. same thing. Baylor own time of possession, 35, over 35 minutes, and then they got a fumble. Okay. They got gotcha. a fumble from BYU. So, um, yeah. But, so but, yeah, that's 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 kind of, yeah, that's kind of the key. Um, also, you know, they, they end the season. one, Matt. Right. Uh, <laughs> they um, – they in the season uh, at USC, right? So kind of funny where where they were gonna play Clay Helton while he's not being coached by us. You know now they're they're sort of pseudo like facing him a week early. Yeah, right? it was kind of uh, like our issue with Elaine Kiffin last year, yeah, right? Right. Like, yeah, with with uh, FAU and then end up playing Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, fu- funny with that. But I mean, that's that's another thing. So with you know you get. One of two things, right, with the, with the bye week, you either get a, a fresh team that stays prepared, depending on how the coach treats it. If they don't give them too much time off, let them get too relaxed, you know, uh, study, uh, implement the the scout team, all that kind of stuff, right? Or they grow a little stale, right? They they, they get away from it too long, and then they've got you know some some rust, right? So um, yeah, that's we we got to hope for rust. Um, we also got to hope that maybe they're overlooking us. Um, and, and looking ahead to that season finale um, against uh, USC. Yeah. No, you're right. Because this uh, is a team. So this is a team, right? You got Cincinnati there. Obviously, they come in ranked uh, 14th in the nation, right? I guess in what college football playoff, they're 19th, right? Um, but yeah, so depending on what uh, what poll you look at, but regardless, highest ranked team ever uh, to come and play at Paulson, right? So. Um, that's something to get excited about, and and yeah, I mean they they are in the hunt for a New Year Six Bowl. Um, if if Cincinnati were to lose, they're they're right there. Um, and well, it gets kind of muddy with the independent team, mm. right? I mean, True. so I don't think they get to go to like a New Year Six in terms of like the Group of Five qualifier. 
They would but, just have to be like at large. Yeah, it has to be like an at large type deal. Mm. Got it. Yeah, so I mean, um, but no, I mean they're still. I mean they're still in the hunt for they, they for, still, a major, the hunt for a major for a major bowl. Game. And in order to get that to put them in their best position, they have to obviously beat us in USC. And you know, obviously, point spread and margin of victory coming into play with this year's college football ranking. So they're kind of probably want to look to beat us pretty badly in this game. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you think they're just coming in to like skate by, that's not no. I mean, they're 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 focused to come in, put up big numbers, prove they belong yep. right in that in that top fifteen, top ten conversation, and then go beat USC same way, mm-hmm. um, a team that's down, but again, like you said, undefeated already against the Pac-12. Go in there, sweep the Pac-12, um, make a really strong case at that point, right? To, yep. um, to to be in one of those major bowls. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess you know from that we can talk a little more clay helton i guess and uh i guess so yeah <laughs> so he's hitting uh, that know, recruiting chair hard he's, man. he's hitting the heart yeah i mean handing out i think to the entire brunswick high school football team it seemed like <laughs> uh, every just, senior in junior yeah, college just, so. just handing out just putting it in lockers right i mean it uh <laughs> you get a scholarship you get a scholarship um you know so, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's cool to see that, right? It's something you don't see every day of, of like, like has been the narrative, right? Of a head coach like that come in mid season, um, be able to hit the recruiting trail early, being able to, um, start, you know, recruiting coaches right early, building the staff, you know, before the end of the season. Um, no news, obviously, as we record this on, on that front. Um, but with, um, yeah, I mean, getting down in the low country, right, Savannah area, Brunswick, um, yep. was at high school games last Friday night. Um, really cool to see. Really cool to see that. I mean, you know, not not that I guess you expect anything less, but, I mean, you know, this is a guy that just, you know, moved across the country, right, uh, and, and he's hitting the ground running, right? So, so yeah, you, he has you, love, to, you love to see He's going to have to adapt quick. I mean, I'm sure through the national recruiting, you know, chain that he has at USC, he probably has some connections down here, but – it's not as much as what we need or what we want. So yeah, you got to build those relationships early. Not, you know, not even so much uh, from the high school players, but the high school coaches, right? That's, that's the thing because that's your pipeline, right? It's not 24 seven sports. It's not rivals. It's that network of high school coaches and other, you know, maybe like lower level college coaches and things like that. Like, Hey, I, I know a guy, junior college coaches, right? Hey, I know somebody that might be a really good fit. Um, and yeah, no, he's, he's definitely behind, um, you know, behind on that, uh, you know, not, not to his fault, but I mean, you know, compared to the, the Chadwells and the Napiers and all that, who've been, been around for a while in this area, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the last decade, they've got those connections. So yeah, he's, he's, he's got to start and, and, you know, make up for, for lost time yeah, there. So. He does, you know, on the same time as well as trying to build up his own staff and, and build his own recruiting network and, and all the plans and visions that him and Binko have for the program. It's, you know, this is a, a, a very tall undertaking that they're, they're under right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, you know, on that, you know, I guess the most recent development, right. Was, uh, we've, we've, uh, we got a new rival, right. As a, as a, as a podcast. <laughs> no, and that's, no, and that's the no, USC fan base. <laughs> That's not a rival. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, man, I, I, like, they are a piece of work. It's, you know, um, I, you know, I, I knew, I knew what I was doing, obviously, when, when I made, like, obviously we, we said what we said and we stand by it right in the last podcast talking about defending Helton again. Um, you know, if, if you, you know, go back and listen to those episodes, uh, you know, our last two on Helton, if you haven't already. Um, but you know, basically we were kind of, you know, defending him, right. Of, of like, look, he's, he's getting this bad rap, this, uh, you know, uh, bad reputation. He's got a 657 win percentage. He's, you know, got the three division titles, the Rose Bowl uh, championship, the Pac-12 championship. Um, that's, that's good <laughs> at a lot of teams yeah. and, and, and at USC, it, it's it's par for the course like that's what they've had since pete carroll you know i mean like so for for the last 
10, 15 years, that's what they've had. And then before Pete Carroll, you go back like 30 years <laughs> and like, that is kind of the measure of success is what he was able to l- deliver there. But he's, you know, kind of black sheep scape- scapegoat there. Um, and, and their fans, and I don't want, you know, it's not everybody, obviously like your most vocal fans are going to be your negative ones, right? We see it on our end. Um, but they, man, like, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we, yeah. So, so we basically defended that. We said that, um, you know, I, I said that USC has a USC problem and not, not, you know, they didn't have a Clay Helton problem. Um, so we tweeted out that soundbite, right. And it, it gained some traction among the USC fan base and, um, they're still talking, right. They're still, uh, we, we had some of our fans jump on, right. And, um, go to bat for us, which yeah. we appreciate, but, um, it's, it, it's interesting. So it, I think out of all of this, the, the, uh, the talking point there is, um, it came up with one, you know, Twitter account that's not affiliated with George Southern or USC, right. Just college football Twitter account, Tweeted out, I guess, started talking to one of our people, right, one of our fans about pressure, right, of, of how much pressure. And um, certainly on paper to someone removed from Georgia Southern, even removed from Sunbelt and, and Group of Five and just your casual college football fan, you ask them, you know, man on the street style, who has the most pressure, head coach at USC, head coach at Georgia Southern. 90% is going to say USC, probably, right? Um, but for the people that know Georgia Southern is a program, not just our fans, um, but also our like peers, right? I mean, people that cover other schools in the conference, people that are fans of other schools in the conference, they started coming to bat for us and saying like, look, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure at Georgia Southern. It's about the same, right? It it might be smaller scale, but the pressure's the same. And that pressure is if you don't win football games, you will be fired. Right. So um, that that was basically the question that was put and, and the, the debate that um, ensued on on, uh, on Twitter was was how much, you know, what's the most pressure job, high pressure job? Is it USC? Is it Georgia Southern? And I'd say it's pretty close. Right. Um, and and we, and we said that from the bat, like and, yeah. and I think Clay Helton realizes that. Right. I, I don't think by any means he thinks like, oh, this could be easy. I'll just go down like <laughs> sip away alive, go down to South Georgia, like, you know, and collect my paychecks and like no pressure. Like, no, he, my he sweet knows. Tea and Chick-fil-A. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. If, if he. Um, yeah. Unless he just did zero research. Right. Like he I mean, we there was a reason the job was open. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of, of of from a coach that had a, a very similar similar win percentage, right? Then, then he had at USC and he was, they were fired a week apart. Right. So, um, he, he was well aware of, of, or is well aware of the situation he's coming into. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I just think it's a fun debate to have. Um, so Cody, I'll, I'll turn it over to you of, of pressure. What, what would you say? Um, it's the same, um, maybe even more on so on our end because we have less resources, um, to use to achieve those victories and those goals. Right. If you look at both programs, USC and Southern, the goal is to win your division, win your conference, win the best possible bowl that you can get to and, and complete the season. Um, just because our best possible bowl they get to is the New Year's Six Bowl at this point, and USC's obviously best possible bowl they can get to is the National Championship, it, you know, it's relatively the same in terms of that it may take them one extra game to get there, but... Still, if that's the goal for each program, it's that's pretty much the same the bar, thing. Yeah, the bar yeah. is at the same notch, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, you're still doing the high jump over the same same bar there, even though the the stage might be smaller, right? So like yeah. you're like yeah, track analogy, right? So so like yeah, if you're if you're if you're high jumping, you know, six foot five or whatever, it's six foot five whether you're at the national championship meet. Right. Well, or you know, this is a, this is a great thing. High jumping six five. Right. It's easier probably for the guy that's six two compared to the guy that's five six. That's a good. See, I wasn't even going there. I was just saying the see? stage of like if you were at a local meet, right, you're at a local meet trying to set a school record or you're at the state meet or national USA junior track championship. Right. Where you're trying to do it. It's the same. Oh, yeah. the, it's the same, same height. It's a right. You're doing the same thing. You're doing it in front of a larger crowd yep. with cameras on you. Right. But yeah. So. No, so I think that kind of ends the debate. Um, <laughs> I just, I you know, I, 
for prestige. And I mean, honestly, if you know college football, especially from the South, Southern has prestige of its own. You know, it may not be to the national scale of USC, but there's history there. There's there's a there's a aura around the program. There's um, legends and tales and mm-hmm. you know, rich, true history that all of us as fans and players and former players and coaches all have pride in. And you talk about glory days, it's almost yeah. the same, right? Again, I mean, yeah, it, no, you were talking right. mid-2000s was the last time that um, USC was really that relevant on on the scale that they expect to be at every year. You could sort yep. of say the same thing about us, right? I mean, it was it was early 2000s. You know, 2000 was our last national well, championship. 2010s. Uh, 2010s, right, under Munkin. Um, and, yeah, so we have, like, waves, but... Uh, yes, I mean, it's, it's kind of a very similar situation there. Um, but yeah, just cause the brand and the name recognition isn't there, doesn't mean that the pressure doesn't, you know, just because the money's not flowing in as much, or there's not as many donors, or there's not as many cameras or media members at the press conferences, doesn't mean that again, if you start rolling in L's that you're not on your way out <laughs> looking for a new no, job. No, no, you're out the door. Yeah. No, you're out the door. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and the thing is, you know, again, with, with USC, it's, we, we, we kind of said it last week is that like, we, we needed Clay Helton more than he needed us. Like he could have waited no matter what their fans say, right? There's no way that, that with that resume that you're not getting, if not a head coaching job at the power five level, then possibly the G five level. And if not that you're getting a coordinator job somewhere. If exactly. not that, you're getting a quarterback job somewhere. I mean, he could literally go to a P5 school and be a quarterback coach, or go to and and make and make as much or if not more than what he's making yeah. with us, right? Or he could go to Fox's college football show and right. be an analyst there, or whatever yeah. the case may be. And Take a year or two off, yeah, yeah. Ma- make some money, have more time off, less, way less pressure. Talk about less oh, yeah. pressure, <laughs> yeah. um, right? You just show up and talk about football. Um, and, and yeah, do that, do the urban Meyer method and take a couple of years off and then, you know, go to the NFL to be a quarterback coach or, or whatever. Right. So, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just weird, but I mean, I, I get it. I mean, we, you know, we obviously have a passionate fan base. Um, you know, we've seen our fair share of, of bad coaches, right. And, and we had some of the USC fans clapping saying like, you know, he's the worst coach in the country and like all of this, it's like, we might've had two of the worst coaches, head coaches <laughs> in college football, right. It, in, in 2006 history. BVG in history, right. With BVG and obviously with summers. Um, so like, we know that, right. So, so yeah. don't just be throwing yeah. around that title. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just interesting seeing you know the perspective of a different fan base and, and, and in some ways maybe look in the mirror of you know but <laughs> <laughs> but like it uh, yeah so again in no way is that saying that like this is you know uh, no, flawless it that it's gonna work out like we don't know but I mean it's for for what they're saying it just doesn't add up yeah there's no nobody has a crystal ball that's gonna say what's gonna happen next year the two or three seasons after but. Based on what we can tell on paper and what we can see, this is a good hire for both parties involved, and this should lead to success coming up for the next two or three seasons. Um, Now, will it happen? Who knows? If it doesn't happen, are we going to sit here and be like, rah, rah, rah? No, we're going to do exactly what we did this past season. Same thing, yeah. Be critical. Yeah, yeah. and say, you know, what, what we think is the issues and how do we fix it and, you know, be a big group therapy session like this year's been um and so uh but no and and if he succeeds then we'll you know it'll be a big cheerleader fan fest like it was in 18 Um, i think the move is good for all parties involved i do yeah um i think it was time for him probably to go at usc i i get you know obviously we've heard all the the talk of like he was in over his head and you know what I've, i've said it like he might have been right i mean again you're talking yes it's a high pressure job it's a big stage and like the, the like we said last week, the the most successful people that have been there are not just successful head coaches at the FBS level. Um, they're NFL guys, you know, Pete Carroll. Like it's it's those type of guys that come in that run that program like a junior NFL team that that's when they're successful. So they hired 
their version of Lunsford, but with a better resume than what Lunsford had, right? Um, OC at, at, at several schools, including at that school, um, good recruiter, all of that, right? And But in their eyes, that was like small potatoes, right? They just yeah. they didn't want that because they wanted – you know, they, they uh, swung they a miss. They, they think bigger, right? They missed on Lane Kiffin. They missed on uh, on Sark. They missed on Ed O, right? Who had him for an interim and the hands up yeah. leaving. So they, they and then you're like, they felt like they were settling. They felt like they were settling for just another assistant coach, another coordinator within the program instead of going big and going for, you know, your Urban Meyer, your James Franklin, your insert NFL guy here, right? Like that's what they wanted. And there's like, no, Clay Helton. And from the start, they didn't even give the man a chance, right? Like, no. I mean, it didn't see, it doesn't seem like it. Um, so, you know, and, and, you know, he gets hired in, in 2015, he loses the, the next two games right after they, they take off the interim tag, very similar to Lunsford goes one and three to start 2016. Um, then, you know, the, the pitchforks and, and torches were already out. They were sharpened and lit right. Um, at that point, they wanted him gone right then and there. And I don't think that ever changed. Obviously he wins eight games, right. Eight straight uh, after that, um, ends up going to the Rose bowl, winning the Rose bowl wins the, um, wins the pac 12 championship right the next year, um, ends up going to three pac 12 championship games, um and yeah and at like in, in, in good overall record but it, they just never were happy I, I think from the start um so yeah yeah I think we can put a bow on that one mm-hmm. so I think um I think the only thing left to say about all this is just kind of coordinator and coach hire watch right like yep. which probably won't happen until after the app state game probably not i know everyone's like asking about it and i think that's weird you know because like the thing you make can happen right and they're like oh yeah. like those are all the questions and it's it's like okay yeah it's fine to ask those but like realistically you don't this was the perfect situation right to get a get a head coach in already start on the recruiting trail but it's going to be all quiet on the Western front, probably. And you probably want it to be that way for assistant coaches, even coordinators, because like you don't want to just hire a bunch of guys that just got fired. Right. Sure. I, I'm not saying that we're not going to do that. Like there might be a few um, because I think there are quality coaches that are now looking for jobs that have been let go because they were like scapegoats, right. For, for the head coaches yeah. um, in some situations, Florida, Nebraska. Right. Um, yep. But, but like I, I, so I'm not saying that those are options, but you're, you're not just going to fill your entire coaching staff with guys that are available right now. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to coach through the end of the season, possibly even coach through bowl games. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a couple more weeks um, at a mem- minimum until we start hearing some of these names, right? Um, yeah. So, and that's fine. That's fine. Like, I, But I think I, I get why our fan base is, like, impatient and anxious about it because yeah, I think we got the head coach so early, earlier than we expected, so now yeah. we expect everything else to flesh out the same way. Yeah, you're, ex- you're exactly right. And, you know, at this point, it's just let him evaluate recruiting, let him evaluate the players that we have now, and let him also evaluate the program as a whole and see where he needs to tweak and fix and what needs to be completely renovated and gutted out and, and rebuilt. Um, because I'm sure there's there's aspects of the program that need to be need to be done that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I think the PR job that they've done uh, with the athletic department and Coach Helton has been superb, right? He has hit um, all the, you know, press conference you know get out in front of the media get out in front of this get out espn plus the first home game with coastal uh it's been superb and like you said i think this past week or i guess what is this monday the the what's today's date the 15th um or 14th 15th uh, 15th so and he's up there making i think he's speaking at the Macon touchdown club tonight um so again i think all these things have have done it in the right way at the right time, the assistant coaching hires will, I think, be done the same way at the right time. And it'll. I think we're just interested to see who it is so we can get some understanding as to what the offense will be. You know, I know he says 60-40, but the offensive coordinator will give a big clue as to is it really 
or is it going to be just 60-40 for like six games and then we're just going to throw it all out and just and just bomb it up the next yeah. six games, final six games of the year. Um, and, and those option that, plays, is it, yeah, is it going to be yeah. two option plays a season or is it going to be, you know, three <laughs> yeah. a game? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, and honestly, and this is something that nobody's talking about that to me, and I don't know if we talked about this one in the first episode that he was hired or if we just had this off, off record, but to me, the most important hire right now is defensive coordinator. You'd said and, it, yeah. You yeah, okay. It. All right, and defensive philosophy. I agree. Um, because the defense has really struggled this year. Yeah. And even though they've played better, I will admit they have played better in the last two, three games, it's still a struggle to watch them at times. They still look kind of confused or lost. Um, and and historically, right, it's easier to turn around the defense then you you get in a couple good recruits. Yeah, you can implement a system that works. I mean, same thing on offense. It's but also like implement, you could screw it up easier too. You could, yeah, of course. But I think there's more like wiggle room either way, right? Yeah. On the defensive side, where like we know there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be an adjustment, especially like up front, right, with blocking, and obviously a good coach adapts to that and kind of like progresses over yeah. time, and right? Would, like implements say, a little bit. That if Helton wants to win now, like in his first season, the defensive coordinator hire is where it's going to make a break Correct. for that. That's you that's know? that's my priority if I'm him. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's DC yeah. is priority. Get in, implement something, switch up the scheme, put four down linemen, go into like nickel dime packet, do whatever you got to do to utilize the talent you have. Shut teams down, you know, lower that points per game, and yep. then implement your offense. Do it, you know, ease in over time. Maybe with that, but that sixty forty, make it forty six, whatever, you know, and 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 do it where it's, um, do it where you know you're you're again like what we saw with Fritz, where it might, maybe he wanted to pass more. You're, uh, you know, just you're utilizing the talent you have. You have the talent, um, yeah. And then the defense can help bail you out because yeah. that's that's what it's going to take. It's is you know, and we it saw is. it even under Fritz. Like we, I mean, yeah, we had high power offenses and Breida and all that, but like the defense shut teams down too. And certainly we saw it on you know under uh, um, Lunsford, right? Where you know, so I think that's that's my priority if I'm Helton is, 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 you know, get, get a quality DC that can implement a system that works for the talent we have and then make games manageable where we can win. Where we have a shot, shot, where we don't have to outscore teams. Why? I'll put it very frank for you. It's, it's easier to beat a team when you're holding the other team to 20 to 21 points than it is if you're giving up 28, 30 points. Yeah. You're not going to do that consistently switching offenses. Exactly. Right. You're just yeah. not. So, um, yeah, I mean, you want to put us in a situation where we not just can ease into it, but where we're not forced, right? Where we're not forced mm-hmm. to do something out of our comfort zone. Yep. Where, you know, so like, yeah, if we can hold teams to 20 or less points, that opens it up where like, yeah, there's going to be three and outs. There's going to be punts. Um, but like, you know, we don't have to air the ball out every play, right? Exactly. We can, we can, we can run our offense. We can, um, run the ball. We can pound it. We can see what works, you know, feel out the defense and, and, and grind out wins, you know, that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to kind of be what it, what it's going to be for the, for the first year probably. Um, and, and yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, you know, on, on that, I mean, I, I don't really know even on the offensive side, but certainly like defense, I know that's what people are clamoring about, but I mean, I, I don't really have anyone in mind, <laughs> um, on the defensive side to take over for that. Um, you know, I know like there's not even really rumors, right? I mean, there's very no, few ru- rumors, rumors on the, on the offensive side, right? You had the guy from, from uh, Western Kentucky, right? But I felt like that was shot down pretty quick. Like, it seems like, like it. Like Josh Aubrey came out with that, and then it was like real quick later he backed off on the on a secondary tweet. It was like maybe not so fast. Yeah. Um. So I don't know how that rumor got started. I don't know if there's any truth or validity to it. Um. But I mean, let's just say that that individual was going to be named the OC. I think that would immediately throw a red flag for both me and you right off the get go. Um, but let's wait to see. Um, we don't like to deal with rumors. Right. Um, or speculation. Um, but I'm going to give Coach Helton a chance and see where it kind of goes from there. But in my personal opinion, 
his defensive hires to me are going to be much more important if he wants to win immediately. As we all both know, the offense is going to take time to, to fully transition to what he's what his vision of it is. Um, and then also too strength conditioning and and yeah, if you and, and and if you honestly want to get down to offensive hires, show me who the offensive line coach is. Yeah. Right, like, like, show which obviously the, was a problem last year, right? And we thought with that change, right, that was one of the coaches let go, that we were going to see some improvements there, and it just hasn't really it been hasn't consistent. Worked. So you're wondering if it is, you know, if that's the case. Is it talent? You, me, is it is it the coaching? Is it, is it, is it a yeah, combination? Is it talent or is it? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. You've had two offensive line coaches who we both thought were were decent coaches, who had success, right? who yeah, who were yeah. former offensive coordinators. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll be at the FCS level, but I mean, they they were, you know, they've had success pretty much everywhere they went before mm-hmm. us with the so last you, two offensive line. So coaches. you just kind of question what what it is? Is it just the players themselves, and, and it's recruiting the offensive linemen that's the issue? Is it which I think that's a blessing in disguise with losing the four starters. We're obviously going to have an overhaul there anyway, right? Trying to bring in probably more size than we're used to seeing. Um, do more pass blocking. Right. Um, so I think, you know, that's where you're going to, you're going to see transfer portal, you know, tapped into heavily, I think this first year, but I think more so on the offensive line, I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of guys come in mindset change. And and, and and this is, this, this is why I think recruiting is so hard because you really have to not only measure the, the physical, attributes of the player but you have to understand their their mental attributes are they are they mature enough to handle college are they mature enough to handle the the collegiate uh football lifestyle um and i think with offensive linemen are they nasty enough yeah and right? it's hard i think that's the yeah, hardest that's a hard thing that's the hardest sell right understand yeah. yeah yeah because i mean like that it's it like in my opinion that's like the worst job in, in football. Like maybe kicker oh, yeah. because like kicker, you, you only get like criticism, right? You hardly ever get praise. Um, but you know, like your entire season could be upended by like missing a clutch kick. Right. But with, uh, with offensive linemen, I mean, you're just, you're grinding every single play, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and expect with no recognition with not, no, you know, and, and like with at least defensive line, like you're nasty, sacks. you're getting after it sacks. Like, you, you know, those star, defensive players they'll start yeah. a defensive lineman offensive you never hardly you know until it becomes like nfl draft time you never hear about those guys mm-hmm. so like that is it is it's it's a unsung you know heroes but it, it takes a special kind of person um to yeah to do it yeah. so um but but yeah i, I think that's going to be the key and i i I'd hopefully that you know with either helton's connections or just through the transfer portal we get some guys that we can you know the the um, gelling too is a big thing, right? Get, getting them. I mean, that's it's a hard thing to, you know, those experienced offensive lines of that have been together for a couple of years. You see, you know, those have success with you know hodgepodging something together. It doesn't always work. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, can can he quote unquote throw an offensive line together and, and make it work for a new scheme? Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be tough. It's a, you know, uh, uphill battle, but, um, you know, with, I think with like wide receivers, easier sell, right. I think tight ends and more pass heavy scheme, easier sell. I think, uh, wide, uh, what, yeah, I said wide receivers, tight ends, um, quarterbacks, obviously quarterbacks, uh, you know, we talked about Cam Ransom, um, certainly don't want to sell him short, but I mean, we're going to need some depth, right? We're, we're it's yeah, clear that we're going to need some depth at that position. So I think, you know, bringing in either transfer portal or getting, um, you know, some, some young recruits in they'll that probably are, are be more pass heavy pro style. Yeah. They'll probably, they'll probably try to get at least one, um, high school recruit. And I would probably say probably at least one transfer. I would think, you so. know, that would be my, you know, thought process or, or attack on that that position group um and then running back i think we're loaded you know just just don't drop off at running back i mean um, we obviously lose right i mean we lose jd king right we lose logan wright correct um we uh amari jones i think technically could exercise a COVID year 
I'm not um, sure. That COVID th- year thing is confusing to me. It's, it is confusing. I think technically he could because I think he was a true senior, but I don't know like how. I think he was a, a true like non redshirt senior, right? So yeah. I, I think he technically could exercise that, but I don't know if that's still in place. Yeah. I have um, no idea. So anyway, potentially him. We know Gerald Green. We know Jalen White. So yeah, good good base to build on there. Um, well, well, we've already got a couple commits right from from running backs. Um, or, you know, and, and uh, additional targets. So, um, yeah, so I, I think we should be solid there. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think the offensive line is the, the key there, um, that, that if we if we could get that together and, and bring in a coach to coach them up, that uh, we could implement, you know, I think we can turn from whatever we are now offensively, right, identity, yeah. to, to what Helton wants to run. Um, fairly quickly, you know, but but that's going to be the key is up front. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's going to start in the trenches. And how he recruits that going forward over the next two or three years is going to be if we succeed or if we don't. And, that, you know, whatever the wait and see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, on that, What's I don't next? know. Is I mean, that it? Is that it? I think that's it, yeah. Uh, Man. I don't have, yeah, I don't have too much. Um yeah, I know people were talking about like us recapping the game, and it's like we haven't really been doing. We haven't been doing that no, the last like three haven't. or four weeks, no, haven't. just because with the losses, it's not worth doing. But I mean, um, again, great to see him win. I mean, I guess tying it up, right? Tying a bow on it with with BYU, like we said, highest ranked opponent. No matter what poll you look at, right, nineteen or fourteen, um, sellout crowd it seems like you know last check less than 300 tickets available you know as we record this i'm sure less um by the time you listen to it and a lot of that's going to be byu fans right i mean we're talking you know possibly five to eight thousand byu fans coming um but it should be uh you know it should be a fun atmosphere atmosphere, right Uh, good weather good weather i think cold um cold Cold, I guess for for Georgia standards, right? I think you, you we had looked it <laughs> up. It my was standards, sixty, cold. yeah, sixty five, forty one low. I think something right? like that. Yeah. Forty one, you know, that's like that's like beach weather here. Um, <laughs> no, actually, we've I, yeah. I lived in we're, DC we're like for, this, for yeah. a couple of years. You think I'd be okay with like sixty one and forty one, but nope. No, Colorado's been mild so far. We haven't got snow yet. So, um, but. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think good football weather. Um, yeah. You know, certainly better than than last home game, right? And uh, I think uh, sending the seniors out, you know, looked up twenty seven seniors, right? I think I wow. no, yeah, I had no so idea. Was tw- it's twenty seniors? You got seven six years, right? That's just going off gotcha. the roster. Um, so I mean, obviously, you got guys like like six year guys like Todd Bradley Glenn. Like you know these guys, yeah. no matter what. However, like the COVID thing shakes out of if you can have more. Um, Daryl Baker, Daryl Baker Jr., Aaron Dowdell, um, Dexter Carter Jr. Right, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Randy Wade Jr. Um, yeah, Dowdell. Um, trying to see. Other like main note, uh, you know. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll call them out, even though the offensive lineman Lawrence Edwards, I think, backup offensive lineman um, Rob Bozeman, defensive end, backup defensive end, six year, right? So, and and that's and that's just the the six years, but um, with uh, with the seniors, like we said, JD King, right? I mean, uh, yeah. um, he's he's in his fifth year. Um, you've got uh, Justin Ellis. You've got Logan Wright. Um, CJ Wright, right? Who uh, again? Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a true senior, so maybe we could get him back. Um, not super confident on that. Um, but you talk about uh, like the like the heart, right? And like oh, lifeblood yeah. of the defense this year. I mean, through all adversity, everything we went through, CJ Wright has just been there, right? I mean, he's just been a dog the entire time. So like, gotta give him a shout out. Um, Amari Jones again, senior. Um, so possibly back, possibly not. Um, uh, Ben's Josue, uh, right? Najee Thompson, right? Unfortunately, lost him to injury. Hate to mm-hmm. see that. Um, but you talk about just like, I mean, that's just been like the lifeblood, right? <laughs> of of, uh, 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 of the team, uh, with, with Najee and, um, just, uh, playing every position, kind of doing whatever's expected of him, right? Um, and, and yeah, so, 
just yeah, I mean, you know, I don't I don't think we give those guys enough credit. Um Justin Birdsong, um Dylan Springer, right? Uh he's had a decent year. He's had a good year. Um he's had a good year, a great personality, right? So mm-hmm. I saw him in the in the press conferences talking about how he like kinda knew Amari Jones, had his hair cut by like his sister for like years in Texas and was excited yeah. to get back to Texas, had a huge crew there. Right. So anyway, I guess just spend like the last couple of minutes of the podcast just recognizing those guys. I don't think we give the seniors enough credit. I mean, like 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 the year that we started right in 2018, started in a good year. Um, We're doing this podcast in 2017. But like I think that that's the hardest. Right. I mean, having a senior year under just so much adversity and a losing season with like. Nothing, I don't want to say nothing to play for, but obviously no bowl game, no championship. Like it's hard. It's hard to like show up to truly show up every week. So, um, yeah, just give some of those guys recognition because I mean they've been through a lot, right? Several coaches, um, and uh, and taking it all in stride. So yeah, yeah, no, completely agree. Um, I mean, just to go through the grind of four plus years, um, and some of these guys six years of school and football is just uh is is just incredible it's it's incredibly difficult and and to do it and graduate and get to that finish line is fantastic and this is really what it's all about and now these young men can go and be professionals um in whatever career path they want to choose and and that's what it's about that they have this fresh start to go be successful in life and now that they they're leaders right you've gone through this process your leaders go out and be leaders in your businesses or the mm-hmm. companies that you work for in your communities, and that's what it's about. And you know, every year there's going to be a homecoming game at the very least. Try to get back to that. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, um, I think there's a few. You know, get what the EFAA or whatever that is, right? Um, that I'm sure that a lot of them will join. That kind of keeps that uh, that brotherhood together after they graduated. Um, but no, I think you know. Saturday night, regardless, win or lose, that will be a very special night for those young men because for them, for a lot of them, it'll be the last time in front of their home crowd that they will put on the pads under those lights and go out and play a football game in Statesboro. And that's going to be a uh, happy and sad occasion all in one. And let's go out there as fans and give them the the support and uh and cheer them on to victory. Let's not forget the last time we were in this situation where we had a senior day with a season this bad. Yes. Right? What last time it was uh what two wins, right? Um, but we were going in, it was Troy. Oh nine. Right? It was Troy. Oh yeah, oh and not yet. So so yeah, we and finished it was South with Alabama. Well, yeah, that's right. It was South Alabama. You're right. Thanks for correcting me. It was South Alabama, oh and nine. And then we ended up getting our second win against Louisiana right on the road. Um, but senior night, right? And yep. and destroyed them. Fifty six to nothing, I believe. Fifty two. Fifty two to nothing. Close. So so, you know, again, <laughs> much different opponent, right? Um, but you saw in a season where, you know, coaching maybe wasn't up to par, right? It was just it was just a lot of adversity. Again, you know, people could make the argument of nothing to play for. Just you know, they could have easily laid down, and they didn't. Those seniors, I think, twenty-two no, seniors is, at the time. This is a great way they, to, to yeah. go out. I mean, yeah. I mean, scrap. You know, you don't you don't get to reach your goals, but man, I think even more so than the App State game. Spoiler. I think I think this game is more important in the grand scheme of things than the App State game, right? It would be. I mean, uh, in no way am I saying like. Yes, being App State would be incredible, and get another win at the Rock would be awesome, um, but winning that last game for all these seniors and probably the biggest senior class we've had at I'm guessing here, um, but just based on the COVID year and all of that, if it truly is 27, 28 guys, that's a crazy number, right? So, mm-hmm. and I mean, you see that across the nation because everyone's going through the same thing, but still like you're talking about guys. I've just grinded out that this has been for the better part of a decade, right? Um, yep. Their, their life, right? So, Put it all on the field one last time. 
Um, before we go, I wanted to say, uh, so we had said, um, Springer, Brian Miller and, uh, Logan Langemeyer were the other two offensive linemen gotcha. that are leaving. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they've been a big part of the program and starters here, so don't want to leave them out, but, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing again, not South Alabama could go very differently, but, um, you know, I, I think it, it could shape up to be a special day, right? They come out, ball bounces the right way. They play with fire. Um, BYU's overlooking us. The crowd, they get behind it, right? Power Paulson, full force. Um, let's get it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why, why, why not? Why, why not? not? Nothing to play for but to play uh, spoiler, Cody. So with that, as, whole, uh, as always, hail Southern. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gottatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gattatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gotta and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.